0: This week, we recount a stint across Kansas and Colorado that some might describe as epic. And Winnebago shares with us the news of their new Class B camper van, the Rome, designed to get people living with disabilities on the road and more. This is RV Miles.
1: RV Miles is sponsored by L.L. Bean dedicated to helping you experience all the benefits of time outside and stay more comfortable while you're out there. From soft and breathable activewear designed to do it all, to just right layers perfect for changing weather, to sun-smart clothing that blocks the sun's harmful rays, every LL Bean product is made with comfortable time outside in mind. Visit llbean.com to shop now. LL Bean, be an outsider. Welcome to episode 211 of the RV Miles podcast. I'm Jason and
0: I'm Abby and we are two full time travelers who, along with our three boys, have been crisscrossing North America since 2016. Here at RV Miles, we talk about everything from lifestyle to destinations, industry news, our national parks and so much more.
1: It has been a wild few days for us oh. here at RV Miles <laughs> headquarters. <laughs> we have traveled
0: a thousand miles in four days. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was a lot. It was it was something. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's putting it nice. And you know what? Inside that thousand miles, we also celebrated our five-year nomad We did. We did.
1: Uh, it was it was a travel day. It yes, was a it hectic was. travel day. it was di- it was a beautiful and difficult travel day mm. uh, but we celebrated our anniversary of being full-time RVers traveling across the state of Colorado. Uh, but you know do I, we want
0: to talk about that day? We, we I do, mean we it do. was We'll
1: talk about it but okay. like let's let's just let's take a moment to breathe about the fact that we've been doing this for. Five years now.
0: It's wild because when I think about it, it feels like we just started yesterday because every day feels like a new day. You're learning something new about this lifestyle. And then at the same time, I feel like I've lived a thousand lives <laughs> since we got on the road. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I mean, we're in our third home. Mm-hmm. We've had some amazing experiences. We've had some really difficult experiences, and our kids have really changed since we got on the road. We left with small people, and now we have a teenager, a tween, I guess is what you want to call Ethan now, and Henry, who is, you know, a kid. It's really, really wild, and I'm so thankful we get to do this every single day, but... Wow, it's been an intense five years. Well,
1: we talked last week a little bit about how people used to ask us a lot, how long do we intend on doing this? And the, those questions have gone away oh, by yeah. and large.
0: I think if you get to your <laughs> five-year anniversary, people will just figure they're never going to stop, yeah. so they will stop asking.
1: <laughs> but you know what? I mean, you know, I, I was actually talking to somebody today who was like, I know a lot of people that... Three years was their mark that mm-hmm. it was a great experience. And then three years they decided we're going to get off the road. And, I, you know, who cares where where you live or, or what you do, but uh, it, we're having a blast doing it. And we're going to keep oh, doing it for a while.
0: <laughs> amazing. And to be back here in Colorado after being here last summer and being in an area we've already visited is so special. And I have to say, though, at the same time, getting here was not so special yeah. I'm you know we so we started last Sunday um I think that would have been the 29th of August and we left the Kansas City Missouri area we overnighted at a KOA in Kansas then we continued from there um to Colorado Springs
1: yeah we had talked about we were thinking about <laughs> doing a harvest host that night but then it was going to be really no, it was hot Too hot. Um, too hot. so we needed the air conditioning <laughs> yes. but uh, that drive across Kansas you know we,
0: Boy, we need to walk back some things we said about Kansas. Kansas, not flat. We uh, yeah, we, we own that. We were wrong. When about you're Kansas. towing a a,
1: a fifteen thousand pound fifth wheel with a with a gas truck, you you realize there are a heck of a lot of hills. <laughs> and we from from where we camped that night, which was two thirds of the way maybe across Kansas,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when we left from there until we hit the Colorado border, we gained like. I don't a know, lot. like two, 3,000 feet in elevation. Yeah.
0: Look, driving through Kansas the way we did, as opposed to the last time I did it, which was in just like, I don't know, a Toyota Camry real different, real, real different. And so we were there. Then we got to Colorado Springs on my birthday and enjoyed a brewery for dinner. Then the very next day, Jack and I share birthdays right back to back. So the next day was his birthday. We spent the day exploring Colorado Springs, uh, getting some Pizza Hut pizza, which I will talk about later in my (laughs) black tank. And (laughs) then the very next day, September 1st, we were on the road and we were making it from Colorado Springs to Montrose, and we were returning to, for many of you who uh, may have joined us, especially on YouTube, we were returning to Montrose, San Juan, now known as the Meadows of San Juan, which is the campground that we got kicked out of.
1: So that's where we're coming from right now. We're
0: here right now, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. And
1: the people here... Could not be nicer. I'll no. get to that a little bit. Yeah, we'll bit talk about that a little well. bit later. But, but they
0: welcomed us back with open arms, and we're, we're really glad to be here. But it's a little weird, right? It
1: is a little strange. Um, yeah. That drive, though, across oh, from Colorado I don't know Springs. If I can talk about this. So we go to, from Colorado Springs to here, Montrose, which is on the western slope mm-hmm. of Colorado. And uh, the route is US 50 across the state. And for the the first Two thirds of the drive. It was wonderful. It was was actually gorgeous. We uh, had no issues with Monarch Pass. It was beautiful up Monarch Pass. We stopped and had a a little lunch up there.
0: Some of us had no issues with Monarch Pass. uh, We had some issues when we got to the top. The
1: the drive (laughs) along the way, uh, along the Arkansas River, until there was gorgeous the yeah. roads were very nice and smooth
0: the truck was like a boss i mean it totally handled monarch pass and pulling this fourteen thousand, you know pound fifth wheel like nobody's business mm-hmm. it was awesome it's just intense it's an it's, it's, it's an in- intense drive you feel kind of exhausted by it yeah
1: it- well it's intense for you <laughs> I, okay i, yeah, I mean like- I, and i i don't i don't mean that in a bad way and i and uh, different people experience this stuff differently and look when i'm a passenger i i'm i'm not excited to ever be a passenger yeah it's in a vehicle tough. don't get me wrong um but you know i mean for me i it was no issues i actually prefer that kind of driving to interstates where there are people are going 75 miles an hour and stuff You know, we're going like 40 to 50 the whole way. In fact, we got better fuel mileage across the state of Colorado over Monarch Pass, many ups and downs than we did across the state of Kansas.
0: Our miles per gallon were so good on that whole. And so I, again, I give it to the truck. So that that was fine. The pass was fine. We came down. We had checked the route the day before August 31st, and we knew we were going to go from Gunnison to Montrose. We were going to just take 50 all the way. That's the way we all go. What we didn't know, what our GPS did not know, was that on September 1st, that section of 50 was getting closed down at certain parts of the day for long swaths of time. They're doing massive work on this section. Yeah.
1: So when I get uh, get the when I put the directions in the GPS yes. on the in the morning of September 1st, it's saying go up to I 70, and I'm like, what are you crazy Garmin? What are you doing now?
0: Jason's like, Garmin is messed up. So then up. I look at, at Google
1: Maps, and Google Maps is like, yeah, go across 50. Fine. Yeah. Uh, So then we start seeing signs along the way on Mm -hmm. on 50 for like the closures and and lots of them like finding out that it's probably going to be pretty bad. Like there's a website you go to and stuff for all the information. the
0: times. And so we realized I went to the website. I realized that the time that it was going to be closed was going to be the time that we were going to want to come through. And so this closure starts about 25 miles outside of Gunnison and the alternative is to take Route 92. So we decided to take Route 92. I didn't know what Highway 92 was. I soon realized once we got on it which highway it was and that we had been on it before, and that's when Panic totally set in, and I'm thinking to myself, "I can't believe that woman down there at the checkpoint. Let us go! What what is happening here?" It was
1: a totally safe route. It's just lots of turns, but the problem was we got hit with just intense fog.
0: Yeah, so it had it started raining. So here we are. We're on Highway 92, Colorado 92, and we're climbing. We continue to climb. Now we're getting into 8,000, 9,000. Basically, we're doing another mountain pass. So we just did Monarch, got up to about 11.2 or 11.3, I think. Now here we go again.
1: We're and doing
0: it, another pass. And
1: it added about 70 miles to the drive. It did.
0: <laughs> and it added about 700% to my anxiety. And this was, you know, I, I don't like to talk too much about this because, I, you know, I know that it opens up discussions that I don't necessarily want to have with people online. But um, that was really, really hard for me. And I started to really just almost to the point where I, I was, what I was doing was saying, okay, now you're going to get to this next marker. Okay, you've made it to that marker. Now you're going to get to this next one. Because what was happening was the fog was so intense and the rain was coming down that we couldn't really even see like 10 feet in front of us. And there's nowhere to stop. It's, it's a two-lane road. You know, and that was it. All of a sudden, I'm back in California again when we were up in the San Bernardino Mountains. And that was so intense, like several years ago. And boy, I just unraveled in, in a sense, like just completely unraveled. And thankfully, we got to a pass, like an overlook. And we pulled off first to just let cars behind us go because, you know, we had a bunch of people behind us. But it was raining and I didn't care. And I got out. I got out of the truck, I went and stood underneath the fifth wheel as it's attached to the truck to protect myself from the rain. And I'll be perfectly honest, I sobbed. I just sat there and I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried because I just had to get it all out because I was so overwhelmed by everything that was happening. A 300 mile day had just turned into 370 miles. We're now over a thousand miles in four days. We've had no service to work. The kids are worried. You're, you know, we're dealing with large semis coming. On the other side of us, like it's intense, and all I could do was just get under that fifth wheel and just sob, and I just cried and cried and cried, and then I had to just come back into the truck and I had to be like, okay, now we got to problem solve this because there's other people who are afraid too. What do we do? And that's when it's like, okay, let's start making. You know, we're gonna look this. We've got a. you know, an S-curve sign coming up. Okay, we're going to make it to that sign. Okay, we've made it to that sign. Okay, now we're going to make it to the, the speed limit sign up here. And that's what myself and a few others in the truck had to do in order to finally get us down that mountain. I don't ever want to go on that highway ever again. Yeah, but the-
1: there could be fog Jason. anywhere. I mean, I look, I, I, my no. heartless pr- pragmatic self is is just yes. like
0: you are. Look, you are I very get to go heartless. thirty miles
1: an hour the whole <laughs> way, and so everybody else has to go thirty miles an hour. It, this is great. Love it.
0: It <laughs> was our five year no matter, anniversary, y'all, and we were people were crying uh you and i were not getting along because we were assessing the situation in two very different spaces uh there was a host of things that were happening and you know so here you know this is this is this is what it was for our family that day you know and i think if we tried to (laughs) sugarcoat it and tell people that it was a great anniversary and you know all of this y'all would see through that bs so quick (laughs) (laughs) because it was so tough but we're here now and we're so glad to be here and you know once you get settled and you have that good night's sleep the next day you can put it into perspective and we're talking to each other again and we're
1: here for about a (laughs) two-week period we're going to be at the RV Entrepreneur Summit which we're very excited about doing a keynote speech for next week and I, apparently it's going to be live streamed for free so. oh
0: no what
1: we'll, sh- we'll share the link to that when, when oh it's no. available <laughs> you shouldn't have told me that okay <laughs> uh <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious! Our good friends Heath and Alyssa Padgett, are are running that, and it's uh, it, we, this is our first time being able to go, yeah. and they've asked us to speak at it, which is wild. It's it's weird because we haven't been before. I so. know
0: both our faces <laughs> are turning so red right now. You just said that thing about the live stream, and both of us, it's like we just started sweating. <laughs> But we're excited to be here. And we actually are really excited for this show today because after the break, Jason is going to be talking with Robert Kim, director of Winnebago's specialty vehicle division. And they're going to be talking about the new Class B camper van, the Rome, that is tailored to people living with disabilities, particularly those in a wheelchair. So we have that interview plus a whole lot more coming up right after the break. We'll be right back. Find your next camping adventure with the Spot Tonight app. Spot Tonight offers real-time visibility across numerous campgrounds available for immediate booking. Easy to use and free to download with Spot Tonight, you can build a traveling profile, share parks with friends via messaging, and mark your favorite campgrounds. Travelers can search for specific parks that meet their exact needs for tonight and beyond. No more blind searches in hopes of finding an available spot. Simply look, book, and go. Go campground owners. Download the Spot Tonight app and see how your park can join a vastly expanding network. For more information, visit spottonight.com or simply download the app in the Apple or Google Play stores. Look, book, and go with Spot Tonight.
1: Electrical surge protection is one of the cheapest insurance policies you can provide for your RV, and the Power Watchdog Smart Surge Protector, made by Hughes Auto Farmers, beats the competition with field replaceable surge modules. With other brands, when the surge protector takes a large surge or a spike, you have to throw it away. But the Power Watchdog can be brought back to life with one small affordable part that you can replace yourself. They'll even give you a free surge module in the first two years, and they now have a limited lifetime warranty. Use the coupon code RVMILES, all one word, for 10% off your order at HughesAutoFormers.com. That's RVMILES for 10% off at H-U-G-H-E-S AutoFormers.com. My guest today is Rob Kim, the Director of Specialty Vehicles over at Winnebago. And he's here to tell us about Winnebago's first foray into accessibility enhanced vehicles for class B camper vans. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason. Great to be here. So Winnebago has been kind of a leader in these accessibility enhanced vehicles, RVs that have different features that allow people with mobility issues to, uh, to get out there and camp and explore the country and uh, do lots of things that they couldn't do otherwise. Tell us about sort of the history of Winnebago's initiatives.
2: Absolutely. yes. Yeah. Listeners may not know, but Winnebago has had a specialty vehicles group for a long time. And even dating back uh, almost 50 years, done customized vehicles uh, on different RVs. And one of those types of vehicles was and is accessibility-enhanced RVs, and those were largely done on Class A motorhomes. A few years ago, we decided that this one-off customization isn't in the best interest of us or our customers because not enough people were getting access to it, so we developed a couple standard platform uh, models for Class A, and one was um, the recently launched Inspire, which is a Class A diesel 34-foot So, really exciting to have vehicles like that now getting into the hands of dealers, people getting a chance to see them, um, try them out before they actually make the purchase. So that's been a shift, but it really dates back uh, over 40 to 50 years where we've been doing these customizations. So we learned a lot over that timeframe, baked it into our Class A, in, in this case, the Inspire. Throughout this, especially more recently, but throughout the many years in the past, um, people said, well, I'd like to be able to travel, but I need something smaller. Not everyone's comfortable or wants uh, you know, a 34-foot Class A. And so we were doing a lot of research and trying to understand what the customer needs are and definitely found a lot of people that wanted a Class B that was accessible. And obviously the challenge is... We've got uh, we've got a 20 foot long vehicle. It's a lot smaller, obviously, a lot less room inside. How do you make a vehicle accessible? You know, enough space in it for a wheelchair to move around and have some of the core features. And I think that's the biggest challenge. And I think we've done a
1: pretty good job with the new Rome that's coming out. From my understanding, um, from following what you all do, it's it's not just about people in wheelchairs getting into these vehicles. There's a whole lot more that goes into dealing with all the sorts of different disabilities people might be living with.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, certainly uh, being in a wheelchair is one of the mobility challenges people could have. People could have other mobility challenges as well. And uh, we want to make our vehicles as easy to get around in as kind of universally designed so that whether you're in a wheelchair or not in a wheelchair, things are easier to access, easier to reach. Controls are in a good spot. Bathrooms are larger, all these sorts of things.
1: So tell me about uh, the Rome, your new Class B camper van, which I think is an excellent idea because I know a lot of people that are wheelchair bound are already traveling everywhere they go in a large van. Absolutely,
2: yeah. So the Rome is built on a Ram ProMaster platform. Our first model is just under twenty feet in total length, and that was chosen because it's it's more parking friendly. What we've heard is, you know, sometimes people just on a day to day driving around, they want some of those comforts and conveniences of an RV. For example, uh, a bathroom. A vehicle like this, you can drive on a daily basis, park it in normal parking spots. And wherever you go, you have the convenience and security of your own bathroom. In addition, the vehicle's got a under vehicle wheelchair lift. And the nice thing about the under vehicle lift is it frees up the space inside. So there's no lift mechanisms inside the vehicle, creating a fairly open space.
1: In terms of how it acts like, uh, like your the rest of your lineup of camper vans. Is it sort of a lot of the similar amenities? Yeah, you'll have the
2: core amenities of, for example, a wet bath. Uh, we have a sofa that turns into a bed in the back. That sofa in one of our other RVs, that design is a manual operated. For the Rome, we decided we wanted to make that power operated because it's just much more convenient and easy for someone in a wheelchair or the mobility challenge to be able to operate. So we've thought about features like that. It has a sink and cooktop area. It has a microwave. It has overhead storage. It has roof air conditioning in our standard model. And we also have a pop-top option. So what we've heard is that if you think about the different types of people who might be using or buying one of these, is sometimes it's maybe just one or two people traveling and that's fine. They don't need the extra sleeping space, but so often they want to bring someone else along and maybe it's uh, grandparents want to bring their grandchildren or maybe it's a family and there's kids involved. And so having that flexibility to have two more sleeping spots through a pop-top, we thought was very important.
1: So how well set up is this for somebody who is living with a wheelchair to be able to actually drive it? We know that there's definitely
2: a wide range of levels of mobility for people in wheelchairs. Uh, So first, if you have the ability to transfer from your wheelchair into the front seat, into the driving seat, which does swivel to allow you to get access to it, um, if you have that mobility to do that, then the vehicle can certainly be set up with hand controls. There are many, many third-party companies that will install And controls on the vehicle. So that would enable someone to go to drive the vehicle.
1: All right. So when is the Roam going to be available? Obviously, you know, we're all dealing with long, long delays, especially for Class B camper vans and being able to get chassis for that. So when will people be able to order one? When will they be able to actually start expecting delivery on something like this?
2: Yeah. So we're pretty committed to this whole space and committed to this product line. We are actually developing a a brand new production line for this product. That line is being set up now. And so we anticipate starting to send vehicles to dealers before the end of this calendar year. And the volumes will ramp up as our production capacity ramps up. So one thing we're we're looking for and really interested about is as we get the announcements out here and start to hear from people, it will really give us a much stronger sense as to what that interest looks like in the community.
1: So they, they'll be available actually on dealer lots and not just special order.
2: Correct. Right. We have uh, a few dealers that are being set up to carry this product line in particular. And we already have some pre-orders from the dealers. And we anticipate as we get the announcement out here, people will then start to reach out to those dealerships, uh, get more information, perhaps place orders and then Uh, be able to
1: enjoy getting some of the first vehicles that arrive at those dealerships. Awesome. Well, I'm very excited to see the first Winnebago Roams out there on the road. Rob, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it.
0: Our thanks to Robert Kim for joining us today. And if you want to learn more about the Winnebago Rome, just head over to winnebago.com. All right, Jay, it is time to check the levels of our tanks. What is in your black tank this week
1: (laughs) my black tank this week is the the microchip problem that has been going on for months and months now uh that a lot of the automotive manufacturers it's affecting more than automotive it's affecting computers and cameras and all sorts of stuff but particularly the automotive industry has been um having a problem with this and by default, the RV industry, of course, because not only are RVs often, you know, motorhomes are made on automotive chassis, but 90% of RVs are towed by a truck and the trucks seem to be getting the brunt of this. So this week, both GM and Ford announced new shutdowns, particularly in making trucks uh at their plants and it was sort of felt like this was starting to get better and that by the fall hitting in earnest you know maybe October or something that that this would be largely sorted out but actually seems like it's going the wrong direction and it's getting worse according to uh an article from the associated press so
0: so good luck finding a truck anytime yeah, soon yeah <laughs> yeah you know oh boy. i
1: mean i've i'm in a lot of these facebook groups with truck owners and people that are trying to buy trucks and uh, a lot of them in the last week got their orders pushed back because most people that are buying trucks right now are ordering them and they've been waiting for months and months and their order their delivery dates have all been pushed back because there are lots of these two-week shutdowns now i do from my understanding uh it is not affecting right now the transit van chassis so for anybody that's getting a class b motor home on a transit chassis that has not been affected uh, by this current new shutdown but that's all i know
0: i'm gonna go outside and hug fordo as soon as this <laughs> is over and yes that's what it's been named is we were so fordo. lucky to buy
1: that truck when we did oh man yeah
0: we <laughs> we we were and we need to just treat that truck like it is the king that it is okay what is in your fresh tank this week
1: my fresh tank is this place meadows of san juan rv resort um From the moment we got here. Now, of course, they knew we were coming. They invited (laughs) us us to be here. Full disclosure,
0: we were invited uh, to come back. But
1: they are super, super nice here, the people that run this place. There are at least four times as many RVs in this campground Mm -hmm. as there were when we were here when we got kicked out. The whole
0: back section is open, which was not open when we were here last.
1: I guess we should do a a short recap for the folks that don't (laughs) don't know this story. Because we actually never talked about this on the podcast, really. We no, we didn't why? recap this. We did that video, and we didn't recap it on the podcast. We decided we're going to it off the podcast. But
0: I think we mentioned it though, and we did. You a, could go watch it a if you little
1: wanted. over a year ago. I ordered a, a a replacement laptop. My laptop died, and I ordered one to be delivered to this park, and. They had a rule about not receiving packages that I didn't see on the rule sheet.
0: It it was under the full time or yeah, it was under long-term, the long-term monthly residence yes, yes. section, which we did not read because we were here for four Regardless, days. Regardless,
1: I should have asked, but I was desperate. It was late. Whatever,
0: gotta get those podcasts done.
1: And if they wanted to reject the package, that was fine. And I thought, and I thought, you know, that's what would happen, but. No, they kicked us out of the campground, they did. They did. <laughs> and they us out. in a dramatic fashion, yes. in which uh, our friends who we were traveling with they got, got a little out. angry about it and got kicked out as well. The police we were called out. because somebody said a bad language word, mm-hmm. so the police were called, uh, and and then in and. Even more dramatic fashion, the campground released statements about it, made up all kinds of stuff, sent people on radio shows to to trash us. And then we we got the police report to prove that everything they said was wrong. Totally false.
0: We could have cared less (laughs) that they were out there trashing us. Like, we could have cared less about that. Like, that's going to happen. They're trying to protect their brand. What we were not here for was when they started lying about our kids. And they really, they doubled down on kids because it seems like a really good path to be like, oh, those kids were Their brats. kids were awful. You we know? were here in this Ooh. campground
1: for like a mm. day and a half. We spent most of our time in the National Park, regardless. Yeah.
0: That's what I was like. You get me that police the, report. The people, uh, now we're done.
1: The people that own this campground now, they actually reached out to us the night that happened. They <laughs> yeah. saw our live stream video. Yeah. They reached out to the, that, that night and said, would you want to come to our other campground in Gunnison? Um, So we knew they were good people in the first place. very nice. Uh, We ended up not taking them up on the offer because it was just a little too far away. We wanted to go somewhere close. Uh, Which
0: we're actually headed back to after the RV Entrepreneur summit. We're going over to Riverbend, which is another campground here in uh, the Montrose area that when I called in the swirl of getting kicked out of this campground, we're like, oh, (laughs) you're down the street at that one campground, aren't you? Yeah, and she was like, Honey, you just come over here. We're going to take care of you. We're very familiar with that campground. So to come back here a a little over a year later and to be able to have a more positive experience here... And to also see really positive and kind people trying to do what's right by this campground because it is a really, it's got a lot of potential. This campground, they've
1: been asking us to come back since they bought it. Yes. Uh, It is a nice place in the first place. It was then, they've done some improvements and it's only getting better. And unfortunately, they are stuck with the Google reviews from when we stayed here. And we tried to ask people not to leave reviews Email on our behalf, but the thing blew up a little bit bigger than we had ever expected. And lots of people left some really negative Google reviews. So if you were one of those people that did that, I w- please consider going in and deleting that review. You don't have to leave them a new positive mm-hmm. review or anything. You didn't stay here. It's not your experience. Just Delete that review. Let's give them a, a, a good chance because that's that's why they've they've wanted us to come back here ever since they bought it, um, to help you know bring a new fresh start to this place because. This is a great area in general. Montrose, Mm -hmm. Colorado, you get to visit Uray, Black Cannon and the Gunnison, lots of great places around here. And this is a great place to stay. And
0: we're all wanting new campgrounds anyway. So let's give a campground that's trying to succeed an actual fighting chance. So thank you, though, to everyone last year who did support us. I mean, again, it was beyond anything we had ever thought would happen. And certainly we never thought we'd get kicked out of a campground. But we'd also just like to say thank you to to the really fine people here at Meadows of San Juan for welcoming us back and just being so kind to us. And in fact, I have to tell the story before we move on. The woman up at the office, when she told us that she had to physically go to UPS and say, it is okay for you to bring packages here because UPS wouldn't come here because they told her they were afraid they were going to get shot. I have a if package
1: they- coming today. I know. <laughs>
0: But that was the level, I mean, that was the level of fear, but that was the level, that was the narrative that had been built around this campground that you, that was, it was dangerous. Yeah.
1: The manager walked around with a gun on his hip and he was a, you know, anybody who even could possibly be a customer trespassing was a problem.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) and any gun owner knows that you do not use your gun in order to support your narrative. He liked
1: to put his hand on it.
0: Right. Not having a package (laughs) sent to a campground, that doesn't do anyone any good on any side of that discussion. So thank you again to Meadows of San Juan for having us back.
1: All right, Abby, what is in your black tank this week? This is a good one. I'm excited because I know it. Normally we don't always tell each other what we're going to do, but this is great.
0: Okay, so mine goes to Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut, you're getting my black tank. Okay, listen. So it was Jack's birthday, and what he wanted was Pizza Hut. That kid loves the stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut. So we are at Cheyenne Mountain State Park in Colorado Springs, and I go to search for pizza huts in the area. Now, we should say that next to this state park is an army base. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, and it's cool. It's very cool. They, you know, they play taps at the end of the day. It's There's a whole lot going on. And... I do a Google search for Pizza Hut. I find the Pizza Hut closest to us. I do an online order and it's time for me to go get the pizza. So I plug in the address and at first I'm following GPS. I don't know Colorado Springs, so I'm dependent on GPS. And it takes me off onto an exit that I immediately recognize as being an exit I shouldn't be on. Okay, it's um, a GPS. And I should say, I actually didn't tell you this part of the story. I wanted to go to a liquor store first to get some beer. And the first liquor store I put in, it did the same thing to me. Took me off on this road that was specifically to go into the base and it was like not through don't come here if you don't have business and I was like oh dear I shouldn't be here so I had to do this awkward like turnaround and hope nobody hit me then I got back on the highway found another liquor store got my beer then I need to go get my pizza it's still trying to take me to the base and I'm like no no take me around the base I can't go through this so then, finally, at my third attempt on this GPS, I end up in a line I can't get out of that's a checkpoint to get into the base. And I'm thinking to myself, O-M-G-A, okay, this Pizza Hut has to be on the base. I didn't know you could have a Pizza Hut on a base.
1: <laughs> of <you> so <laughs> I was
0: like, I pull up, and I have my ID out, and I'm, I'm very frazzled at this point, and I say to... The, I say to the officer, I'm like, I'm 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 so sorry, I'm not supposed to be here. And let me also say that if I use any terminology wrong, it is not out of respect for the servicemen and women on the space. I don't know my terminology all that well. So I apologize if I refer to anyone incorrectly, but I say, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm just trying to go to a pizza hut. I'm trying to go to the Pizza Hut on Ellis. And he's like, oh, that Pizza Hut's here on the base. And I'm like, oh, no, I ordered pizza. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And he's like, he's like, he has my ID. And he's like, well, if you want, you have to pull over over here. I need your license, your registration, and like something else. And then I'm going to have to have someone escort you over to the Pizza Hut. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'll just cancel it. And he's like, no, we'll just escort you. And I said, no, 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 <laughs> I'm canceling this order. I was like, it's fine. I'll go to a different Pizza Hut. So then I was like, I just want to turn around. And he's like, well, I can't let you do that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so then I had, to have, I had to have an officer walk <laughs> alongside my truck as I went to what was clearly designed to be a turnaround section. And he stood there holding my ID until I could safely turn around. And then he passed it on to me. I left the base. I went and parked over in an you know, apartment complex in their parking lot. <laughs> called that Pizza Hut. I said, I, "I, Pizza Hut did not tell me that I couldn't order from here. There's no mention whatsoever that this is on a base. I have to cancel this order. And he was like, you have no idea how often this happens. It's no big deal. Don't worry about it. So I found another Pizza Hut that wasn't, you know, that I didn't need special clearance to go and get. But Pizza Hut You should say on your website, this is a restricted Pizza Hut. (laughs) Like, seriously, because out-of-towners don't know. I just picked the Pizza Hut closest. Especially a very,
1: very touristy area, too.
0: Oh, my goodness. I just picked the Pizza Hut that was closest to me. It was... Oh my goodness, it was something else. There goes Henry, for anyone watching this. He just snuck up the stairs.
1: All right, what's in your fresh tank?
0: All right, well, speaking of where we were camping in Colorado Springs, my fresh tank goes to Cheyenne Mountain State Park.
1: What a wonderful state park.
0: What a wonderful state park. Just plunked right down there in Colorado Springs. But one of the things I loved the most about it was it has sort of what's like this community buddy site. And I did... um, a reel about it or a TikTok that you can kind of see over on RV Miles that just kind of shows how the two sites, our site 61 and 60, have steps that come up from either campsite. And then it's shared path that goes up to basically this community area. There were three picnic tables up there. There was a big fire pit. And then it also had a small trail that connected to one of the mini trails that you can take throughout the park. And What a really cool space that was for the kids to go up and play in. And I just thought, you know, if you had friends maybe you were camping with at 6061, you guys could all be up there in this community area. But I just thought that that was a really neat concept because it was still very private and your sites were still very private but like you could still be up in that community site and not be bothering. Like, let's say we went up there and 60 didn't, you know, was just hanging out at their campsite. We don't know them, you know, you're still, still disconnected. Like they wouldn't feel like we were invading or intrusive into their space. Wish
1: really wish we had more time at that park because lots of trails, beautiful views of Stunning. the mountains and of, of the city. And I do have to say, um, For a Colorado State Park in a very busy area, Mm -hmm. we booked that quite last minute.
0: We did, and we were only there for two nights. We had full hookups. It was somewhere around $40 a night, I think. But from our site, Site 61 in the Meadow Loop, I think is the loop, we were in unobstructed sunrise view. Stunning. Just absolutely stunning. I was getting up every morning for the sunrise because it was so beautiful coming up over the meadow. All
1: right, that's it for this week's episode of the RV Miles Podcast.
0: That's it. We did it. Thank you so much for joining us for episode two eleven of the RV Miles Podcast. If you are enjoying the show, we hope that you will head over to Apple Podcast and leave RV Miles a five star review. You all crushed it, and we are now over a thousand reviews on Apple Podcast. Will you? help us get to 2,000 (laughs) what a goal and of course if you would like to connect with Jason and me we are over at the RV miles Facebook group a group of almost 11,000 of the nicest RVers you will see in Facebook and that is saying something because we know how hard it can be sometimes to be on Facebook and ask a question that has to do with RV. (laughs) (laughs) It's rough out there. you got to have some tough skin. Of course, RV Miles is all across social media. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And until next week, stay safe, enjoy the end of summer, and keep logging those RV Miles.
1: Bye, everybody.